You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Y'all want to hear some more complaining? We can do more complaining. Why don't we uh, do a little bit of news and notesy roundup real quick? I've, I've kind of, well, let's save that because I've got some videos for that. So we'll we'll save the Dalvin Cook thing. Um, the Jets have decided, according to uh, Rap Sheet a couple days ago, that they're not going to hold a mandatory minicamp. That would be this week. I don't know what the precedent is for that. I, it's such a weird thing to just shut down mandatory minicamp. I, maybe the Packers have done it. Maybe teams do it all the time. I have no idea. Um, I know JJ sent me this news quite a while ago, and I, it was just confusion. It's the only, the only thing that came to my mind is I, I don't understand why... Why are we doing this? Well, we can read the explanation. Let me read the entire tweet. The Jets have decided not to hold mandatory minicamp next week, sources said, thanks in part to coming to training camp a week early due to the Hall of Fame game. Pleased with the work this spring, Coach Robert Sala set them free a bit early. I did, Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know what any of that has to do with anything. Here's, here's, I, let, me, let me just tell you my thought process, because some people are probably like, well, I don't understand what the problem is. As much as players are frustrated because the NFL keeps adding on games and games and games, right, and just making it more tiresome for the players, on the back end of that, they're stripping away from teams, from coaches, the ability to coach their team. The amount of time that they're allowed to be out there is absolutely minimal, and it is absolutely frustrating to coaches. You can't run two-a-days anymore. You know, the days are the days are cut back. The hours are cut back. Everything's cut back. You have an opportunity it sounds like, to get a little extra, you know, little extra time. And rather than taking advantage of it, you allow them to leave. Especially the mandatory part. I don't get that. Right? This is the non-mandatory part where people that don't want to be here aren't going to be here. Now you've got people that are... Unless you're really worried about who's not going to show up to mandatory minicamp and all the, the problems that that's going to cause, and you're just being a coward and like, well, we'll just run away from it. I don't understand. Now, obviously, the comment section is massively just overloaded with speculation that this has to do with the quarterback and him not wanting to be there. Now, 
I'm not going to say that I know that that's the reality, but if we dip our toe into the conspiracy theory realm and just sort of see what we can theorize here, it's not that impossible to imagine that this is something that they perhaps agreed upon. For example, Rogers doesn't show up to OTAs. Obviously not a very good look, but you know what is a great look is if he does show up, right? He's, he's extra motivated. So now we get all the press. We get all the clippings that we want. We've got all the... The, the PR that we could possibly need to, to, to know that this isn't the same old Rodgers in Green Bay that showed up all sloppy and flabby and didn't, well, didn't show up really, but until he had, you know, it's, it's not that guy anymore. This is a new, reinvigorated Aaron Rodgers who's just excited. He can't just, he just can't wait to be with the boys. The problem is he doesn't want to do it. So what do you do? What if you show up to OTAs? We're going to take it real easy, right? In fact, we could, you can go out there for a play and we'll be like, oh, no, he got hurt. And then you just go to the sideline. We don't have to worry about it. You won't have to really participate because you're hurt, quote unquote. You go out, you throw a couple passes, you do some photo ops. We're going to blast about how great you look with Garrett Wilson. And then I'll cancel the mandatory portion and you can go do your thing. I'll just say everybody did such a good job. We don't even need to practice anymore, <laughs> which is hilarious. We're so good. We don't even need to practice. It's crazy. Sound like the Lions now. Dude, we're, we're like a perfect team, man. If we just get like a running back and a linebacker, I don't think we have any holes. Jets over there like, dude, we, we got Rodgers? I mean, we don't even need to practice, dude. We're just freaking amazing. Okay. Okay. In other news, uh, we know the, well, again, we'll get to the Dalvin Cook thing in a little bit here. Of course, the printer. Um... But there's other news, and we've talked about this as well being a very distinct possibility. But uh, supposedly, according to Ian Rappaport, trade talks are heating up surrounding pass rusher Daniil Hunter. Here's my understanding of where it stands. Sources say that teams have been calling the Minnesota Vikings regarding Daniil Hunter. He has, in fact, generated some trade interest. Now, this is something we've heard rumors about really for the last... I would say several months, Tom, and you try to figure out why. There are a couple reasons. First of all, he is very, very good. Teams usually like really, really good players at premium positions like pass rushers. He's also due to make just $5.5 million this year because he moved money from this year up a couple years back to better properly compensate him. And the Vikings and Hunter have not yet been able to strike a long-term deal to compensate him at a level he wants. And when there are rumors about a player not getting the contract he wants, Usually there are teams that call. My understanding is the interest is is pretty serious. Now, the Vikings have tried to make this work. They have tried to do kind of a Band-Aid type deal to compensate him for 2023. And then we'll see after this. Trade probably would have been a lot easier before the draft because then the Vikings would be able to replace him. Much more difficult now. But at least, Tom, these conversations are happening. And we will see where they end up. So, in my opinion, this is an absolute travesty from the Minnesota Vikings. I called this last year. They had two really big building blocks on this team. Justin Jefferson on offense, Daniil Hunter on defense. They were the young core. Now, Daniil, you know, years are going by. He's got some injuries racking up or whatever, but he's still relatively young, and he's a guy you can build around. Those were your two core pieces. The, the elite young core. And what did they do? They hire a defensive coordinator because they like him, but have to switch to a 3-4 base defense. 
Daniil Hunter is a pure 4-3 edge. Hand in the dirt, period. And I said, how much is this going to negatively affect him? And it did. Majorly. And now, rather than recognizing that and undoing it, no, 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 no. We got to stay the course here with this worst defense in the entire NFL. Like, we got to stick with that and get rid of Daniil Hunter. Are you out of your freaking mind? Daniil Hunter is a very, very good pass rusher. In fact, Zadarius was not terrible. You lost Zadarius, who is a guy that you brought in to help usher in this new style of defense, but now he's got to go. And Daniil's got to go because he doesn't fit anymore. This is crazy. So their unbelievably horrible defense just lost two pretty top pass rushers. According to PFF, Zadarius and Daniil had 10 and 13 sacks last year. Zadarius significantly better with pressures, 80 pressures on 528 attempts. Uh, Daniil, though, was 76 on 605, which is still fine. Build your defense around Daniil. Don't get rid of the guy. I get that you're rebuilding. He's 28. He's not 32. He's got four more years in him. How hard of a rebuild is this? You've got a decent enough quarterback, and if you don't like him, stop freaking paying the guy these one-year contracts every year. We got to ship off everybody because it's a five-year rebuild? Because we don't know how to say goodbye to Kirk Cousins? Otherwise, you got Kirk, you got... I mean, look, look you've got a good offense. You're, you fixed the offensive line, which I didn't think was ever going to happen. So you're like Seattle every year. Got to fix the offensive line. And you know what? It's not a bad offensive line. So you got that. There's nothing wrong with getting rid of Dalvin Cook. He was always overrated. He, he had massively inflated numbers because of the amount of carries that he had. But he was never that good of a running back. Matt, way too many injuries. And you know what? Anybody you plug in there is going to be just fine. Justin and the crew at wide receiver, you went out and got Hawkinson. You've got an offense. So keep Daniil. Build your defense. I mean, really, this isn't, this isn't even a, a terrible segment to do. How to rebuild each team in the NFC North. You don't need that. And by the way, you got freaking Davenport. Marcus Davenport is a dog. Dude, you got Marcus Davenport on one side and Daniil Hunter on the other side. That's solid. Now, do you need some help along the defensive line? Yes. And I don't mean Dean Lowry, who is brought over there, you know, because of the familiarity with a system that you shouldn't even have, but for some reason do. You need some help at, at, at DB, but who knows if, you know, Andrew Booth could, could be that dude, maybe. You drafted him to be that guy. Maybe he can be. Um, aside from that, I mean, you, you've also got the uh, safety that you... Well, you got Harrison Smith, who's definitely at the end of his career. Who was the other guy they drafted? It was Booth and... Um, Oh, and scene. I mean, I, 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 I don't get it because similar to what I've said about the Packers, like depending on how things fall, I mean, this legitimately has a chance to be a decent defense. If you have Hunter and Davenport, which it sounds like you're not going to because you're getting rid of Hunter, if scene can step up and Harrison Smith, he has a good year, bad year, good year, bad year. If he can squeeze out one more good year, and Andrew Booth can actually be a legitimate corner, which, I mean, he had a bad grade, but he played like one game last year. The dude could be fantastic. You acquire Jordan Hicks, who's really not that great, but he's acceptable, along with uh, Brian Asamoah, who um, didn't really play a ton as a third-round rookie last year, but who knows? You got second-round pick from 2019, Byron Murphy. He's been kind of a little bit of a bust. But, you know, I, and again, all this on top of the offense you've got, 
there's potential. I don't understand getting rid of Daniil. I really don't get that. What is the benefit of that? Well, we can't agree on a contract. Just freaking pay the guy. He's easily a top 10 pass rusher. Man, I, you know, this last Vikings organization, I was saying, you know, you guys are way too uh, stuck on paying guys and, and making them stay around. You, you guys need to start letting these guys go. You can't keep paying these overrated players. Now you get the new guy in there, and he's like, dude, get rid of him. Get rid of Dalvin Cook. And it's like, yeah, I think so. I think that's the right thing to do. Are we getting rid of the quarterback? Nah, we'll keep him. Okay, fair enough. We're going to get rid of Zadarius. Okay, yeah, I, I get it, you know. We're going to bring in Davenport. Oh, dang, that's cool. We're going to get rid of Hunter. What? <laughs> what did you say? Hun- who's Hunter? Hunter who? Hunter Hunter Henry? Hunter, you know, he's not on your team. I know you're not talking about Daniil. I, 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 I got to go back to those comments and just see if Vikings fans are... Because I, I would be pissed. I mean, this is, this is legitimately similar to if we decided to get rid of Rashawn Gary. Gary's 25, right? So let's say we pay Rashawn Gary, and in a couple years, he gets to be expensive. He's still an unbelievable talent. He is, he is a top 10 pass rusher. And we decide, eh, we can't really come to terms on this contract. We don't really think we're going to be able to make it work, so we're just going to field offers. Are you out of your freaking mind? So I don't get it. And, and I'll tell you what, Viking, or from the looks of, again, the comment section, Vikings fans do not seem super thrilled with uh, Kwesi. Um, you know, I, I know there was a ton of hype about him coming in, and he's this big wig and all, this all-knowing everything. And um, it, at least as far as trades, it seems like everybody's kind of working over on him. And he's a big numbers guy or whatever, but, I mean, Bears fans are laughing at him. Everybody's laughing at him. Vikings fans are upset. And, you know, part of the comments here are, if we don't get a first and at least a mid-round on top of it, um, then then I've lost all faith in in Kwesi because we're just getting freaking worked over here in these trades. In fact, let me find that tweet. It says, I don't trust Kwesi for a second after being fleeced on, fleeced on trades the last two years, minus the Hawkinson trade. Needs to be a minimum of a first-round pick and a mid-rounder minimum. Now, obviously the contract's going to come into play. And yes, this is a Packers podcast. I know some people get pissy about it. This is a division rival, okay? It's relevant. I don't give a crap about what the Falcons are doing, but this is the Vikings. And and by the way, this is good news. I sound upset, and I am upset because it's so stupid. And as a from just a football fan perspective, as an admirer of the game, I don't get this. As a Packer fan, c'est la vie, bro. I don't want him here. Are you kidding me? Daniel Hunter's a freak. So we'll see. I mean, it it may come to, you know, them maybe working out a trade or, or not a trade, a, a compensation or something that they're satisfied with. But I, I don't, I don't understand taking calls to trade him. Actually, I'm looking at his contract here. Um, $13 million right now. If they traded him, it would be a dead cap hit of almost $20 million. Well, I guess I don't know that because I don't know if this is... I'd have to go to the other thing. I don't know. Trades or cuts or whatever, they don't differentiate here on Spot Track. That's why over the cap is a little bit better, I think. At least for that one thing. But anyways, there's two void years here of 11.2 and 5.6 million. And I, I, I just... I. There's nothing wrong. I mean, 13 million right now is chump change for Daniil. And he, what is he saying? He's saying, I want to get big time pay. Like, this is the last year of my contract. Give me some money. And I guess the bottom line is they're not going to pay him. And maybe this is what happens when you get some big time data people. They, they hold firm to the numbers. 
You know, whereas the Packers, as much as they are, uh, I, I don't want they're, they're not exactly numbers people, but they are, you know, they, they hold firm to whatever their values are, but their values tend to be more football related in terms of you don't let a guy like this walk out the door, period. Find a way to make it work. Now, sometimes they're dug in like, like Devante saying, no, I want to leave and fair enough. But, you know, in, in terms of if, if they're really there saying, let's work out a deal, you work out a deal. So I, I am becoming a big fan of uh, Mr. Kwesi. Big fan. Fan of your work. <laughs> and again, I mean, maybe he's building a phenomenal team, but it's it's not the the building that I'm referring to. It's the tearing down in the midst of a build, and I don't I don't I don't get it. Anyways, I want to talk a little bit about Dalvin. Um why don't we take an early break just because I don't I don't really know how this is all gonna unfold. But um kind of a multi-layered thing it's it's news but it's also perception and, and kind of goes into a larger point about where i think people and, and especially some of the national media get entirely wrong about players in general and i think mislead the public and cause me to have a lot more arguments than i should have to about things that should not be debatable but anyways um why don't we go ahead and take a quick break uh big shout out by the way thank you guys very much uh richard smith I think I said thanks to Joe, not positive, but Joe Pereno, and also Billy Brown. Thank you guys for jumping in on Venmo. I always forget about Venmo, and that's probably a lot easier for a lot of people than doing the whole Patreon thing. So Packernet Podcast on Venmo, if you want to support me over there, that would be fantastic. Also, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, where you can support me for as little as $1 per month. It would be fantastic if you could do that. Um, We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so uh, the the Dalvin Cook situation we've already discussed. Um, he is he was cut by the Minnesota Vikings, so they weren't able to get any value from him. Now I I don't know how much value there was to get for Mister Dalvin Cook, the running back for the Minnesota Vikings, former running back for the Minnesota Vikings. But again, it sort of just comes across as another knock. You know, you weren't able to get any value for this guy. 
But I, I kind of want to use this as an example of a larger point that I've been trying to make. I want to play this clip here. So yesterday I was picking on um, Colin Coward. And I also am going to pick on his... If we have time, I'm going to pick on his co-host today because he just... Just freaking whatever. But Rich Eisen um, has gotten under my skin a little bit here. Um, at first for his disdain for Rodgers and now for his obsession, obviously. But... Here is his take on the whole Dalvin Cook thing. He just cannot understand it. Here's a scoop with the Dalvin Cook news. A 27-year-old running back in his prime, four straight 1,000-yard seasons. Fifth- All right. Now, we may not even need to play anymore. It's a five-minute thing. I don't know. But here's the thing. In his prime, and then launches into cumulative statistics right 27 years old in his prime in other words he's he's playing his best football now and probably this year like this this could potentially be his best year that's what in your prime means you're at the apex of your career this is when you are at your best and his evidence for that is cumulative statistics 52 touchdowns is getting released because the vikings don't want to pay him 11 million for a running back and i just don't understand it and i i don't have the books in front of me tom pelissero told us in the last hour that the vikings need to pay justin jefferson tj hawkinson at some point they're gonna you know it appears move on from kirk cousins but i'd imagine it would be a young quarterback i i i don't have uh, I'm not a capologist. I don't play one on TV. I don't have the Vikings books in front of me. But I, for the life of me, I just do not understand why a running back is devalued to the point where, yeah, we're cutting costs with you. And I'm sure Alexander Madison can run. We've seen him run. Everybody's picked him up in their in your fantasy league or had he's been a waiver wire fantasy, darling every yeah. single time Dalvin Cook goes out with a shoulder injury that yeah. Tom Pelissero said it. It is funny how many times, and, and this will happen in the next clip when we, uh, you know, whatever, they start to explain exactly why they're wrong as they're talking. I'm sure I've probably done this also, but it's like you're answering your own question. Like, I don't get it. I, don't, I, I mean, granted, yeah. I mean, okay, this. And, 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 and uh, yeah, yeah, that. And, and, and I understand this. But I don't, I still don't get it. I don't understand. You just explained it to yourself. It's apparently been finally fixed by surgery. So Cook is healthier than ever. And now, jeez, finally fixed by surgery. You mean he had another surgery? Is that what you mean by finally fixed? He's been fixed numerous times because he keeps breaking. He's injury prone, and part of that is because of the amount of usage that he has. He's 27, but he's got no tread on his tires. He might as well be 35, the amount of times that they have run that man into the ground. What a ridiculous statement to make. First of all, he's not in his prime. His prime was probably at 24 years old. And even then, he was battling injuries constantly. This, is, this, this doesn't make any sense. But I just want to point out a couple things. Dalvin, Cook's wa- Dalvin Cook wants top-of-market money, right? If you want top three, top five type of money, you should be a top three, top five type of player. Dalvin Cook ran for, as far as his cumulative statistics, 1,243 yards and eight touchdowns. 
Travis Etienne, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Josh Jacobs all ran for more yards than Dalvin Cook did. He got as many touchdowns as Joe Mixon and Cordero Patterson, and less than Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker, who I think was a rookie, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, and Jamal Williams. But why don't we look at a few other things? How about his yards per attempt at 4.4? Yards per attempt, I mean, cumulative statistics mean less than yards per attempt because essentially all you're doing is you find other people that have the same yards per attempt, and if you give them the same amount of attempts, they're going to have the exact same amount of yards. He had 4.4. Derrick Henry had 4.4. Austin Eckler, Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake, and Damian Harris all had 4.4, which means every single one of those people, if you gave them the exact same amount of carries as Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler would also have 1,200 yards. Latavius Murray only had 745 yards, but he only had 200 attempts compared to Dalvin Cook's 308. That's, by the way, 4.4 yards per attempt is 30th. It's not the be-all, end-all stat, but it's kind of important, especially if we're going to try to use cumulative stats, because essentially your cumulative stats are only as impressive as the number of attempts you've had, which is why you come up with yards per attempt. How about just PFF grade? How about your overall grade as a player? He ranks 47th. How about his rushing grade? 46th. Aaron Jones, by the way, is second. Aaron Jones is one of the higher-paid running backs. And you know what? He's at the top of these lists. 5.3 yards per attempt. What would happen if Aaron Jones had as many carries as Dalvin Cook? First of all, he'd probably be broke down and out of the league, like Dalvin Cook is about to be pretty soon. But what if he, he had, uh, well, that's, that's snaps instead of attempts. What if he had 280 attempts instead of his 214? Well, 5.3 times 280 is 1,480 yards. That's more than what Dalvin Cook had. In fact, it would have been the fourth highest. How about uh, yards after contact per attempt? 16th. Not terrible, but it's not the greatest. And then, the, then there's something else that I wanted to look at here. Um, again, I don't have uh, SIS anymore, so I'm teaching myself how to do all this R stuff or whatever. And I, uh, I found something here. EPA per attempt. It's not a perfect thing, but it's just we're just looking at different data points, right? EPA is simply how much it's not really value, but let's just call it value. How much value you added on a particular play. It's a form of of uh determining value, which is what what uh, how many points do we estimate you're about to score here, right? So if you get a first down, the the statistics say you're probably going to and you're closer to the goal that you're trying to score, you know, whatever. And then again, rather than cumulative EPA, you look at EPA per attempt. So I have every single running back from 2018 to 2022 and their EPAs per attempt per year. Let's look at Aaron Jones, right? Um, 0.05, negative 0.005, so basically zero. 0.08. 0. 0.006, 0. 0.05, and his average EPA for his career is 0. 0.03 for every time he runs the ball. Okay, that's so. So zero is kind of the baseline. If you're above that, that's good. If you're below that, that's bad. Do you want to know what Dalvin Cook's EPA per attempt have been over the last five years? Negative 1.6. Excuse me, 0. 0.16. Still one of the highest negatives I've seen. That was in 2018. Negative 0. 0.009. 
negative, uh, excuse me, positive 0 0.05, negative 0 0.04, negative 0.17. His average EPA is a minus 0 0.07. He's only had a positive average EPA per rush once in his career, and that was in 2020. 2022 was the worst year he's had. In fact, out of, uh, it's not really 175, out of 84 um, candidates here, Dalvin Cook had the eighth worst EPA per attempt in 2022. And Vikings fans know this. This is why they're, they're probably not freaking out. Uh, Rich Eisen doesn't know this, but Vikings fans, I think, for the most part, probably are okay with this because the guy's not that good. Right? Fantasy football people probably love the guy because he gets tons of points, but it's because he gets the ball so much. He had the seventh most rushing attempts in the NFL this past year, and that's probably even low for him now that they have a new offense that wants to pass more, which is, again, why you don't need Dalvin. The entire Listen, the entire NFL is moving away from those superstar running backs. Everybody wants a, a, a backfield full of guys that can get in there and that can run the ball. Who is showing me a picture of brisket right now? Mike, you dirty dog. So anyways, all that to say, as I've said a million times, we look at these big names and these guys that get a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns and all that stuff, and we assume that these guys are superstars, and they aren't necessarily superstars. Yeah, I don't know if Alexander Madison can necessarily slot in there, but you know who can? Probably a lot of rookies that you can pick up, whether you, whether you have them on the roster now or can pick them up in the future or get them in free agency, you don't really need to pay him. Now, again, we can, we can argue about Aaron Jones and whether it's worth paying him, and maybe it's not. I don't know. Obviously, we're all glad he's here, but that's debatable. But at least that guy meets the criteria of being one of the premier running backs in the league, right? Josh Jacobs, no question. Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb. I think you could put Derrick Henry in there. Um, maybe Saquon. A little nervous about him because it's been a little weird, but maybe. Right? These guys, yes, you put them in that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. You put them in that category. They're dominant. They can do things that other guys can't. Dalvin Cook is not that guy. Dalvin Cook, he's a home run hitter, but he's not a very consistent running back. He's, he's, he's completely broke down. This is, despite my disdain for their decision to move on from Daniil Hunter, and, and by disdain, I mean utter jubilation. This is absolutely the right thing to do. And, and it, it just furthers my thought on, again, these, these... I mean, I know Rich Eisen's not dumb. And, and part of Rich Eisen's shtick is to, to be like, like a lot of these guys, I guess, to you know, just talk glowingly about, oh, he's, he's a superstar. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's all these things. And it's just not really true. And maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't, and he's just saying stuff because that's how he wants to talk about guys, you know, just showing a level of respect for the big-name guys. Same with, like, DeAndre Hopkins, right? Oh, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's, he's clearly still one of the best wide receivers in football. I mean, he's had some troubles with injuries, but if you think he can't play, you know, I mean, I can play that stupid game, too. Can do it with Rodgers. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, I mean, come on, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, let's have a little bit of fun. We got one more video here, uh, if I can find it. I don't even need to really comment on this next video. I'm sure I'm going to, but um, uh, apparently Colin Coward's co-host, first of all, I could see into the future because this was like nine days ago they did this, but they saw how much I said that this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and they tried to challenge that. So the uh, he's got a co-host here. 
I don't know his name. Jason McIntyre. He shares his top 10 most improved NFL teams heading into 2023. You can probably guess where this is heading. I'm going to start it at pick number two because I would have to think, even though there's questions about Aaron Rodgers, any team that went from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers probably improved the most in the offseason, and that's an easy one. I might be missing some teams, I don't know, but I think that's probably an easy uh, number one to slot in there. Number two. You were waiting, huh? You thought the Jets would be one. They're not. The Jets are the second most improved team in the league besides Aaron Rodgers. They had Alan Lazard, Rodgers' best buddy, Randall Cobb. Love me some Miko Hardman uh, quickness, uh, a, lot, a lot of junk plays. I know they lost Berrios, which hurts, but Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the most interesting ad. How motivated is that dude going to be? <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. After getting run out of Denver in like five minutes yeah, in one sucked. of the you know pretty bleakest head coaching tenures in recent NFL memory. Honestly, this was up there with the Urban Meyer disaster. It was bad for Hackett. He's motivated. Him and Rodgers have worked together previously. I think the Jets have to be the second most improved team in the NFL. Okay, who's number one? Number one. Well, that leaves one team, folks. The Chicago Bears. Oh, you stupid freaking... Oh. Okay, let's hear what he has to say. Spend money, make money. That's like a business adage that goes back for many, many decades. And the Chicago Bears spent like drunken sailors in this offseason, but... (laughs) He could have fixed it right there with the but. He doesn't, but... So, uh, again, th- this is this is the deep level of thinking you get on Colin Coward show, whether it's the main host or the co-host. If you spend money, then you're good. The Bears spent money, so they must be good. Which basically means, if you have the most money, then you're good. Interestingly enough, you know who has the most money? It's always the worst teams. So, the worst teams are always the best teams. Well thought out thinking here. Here's the good news. The last two teams to spend the most last, in free... The last two. That's a really weird... Why two? Why not 10? Why not 15? Two? I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say if I go back three years, you're going to find something else. But let's see what we're, what we're doing here. Agency have seen an uptick of nearly four wins. So we have a sample size of two years and nearly four wins. So we're talking, what, three Right? How many wins did the Bears have? Three, so they go up to like six, maybe, just based on the fact that they spent money like the last two years of teams did. Again, three. and 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 if it even if there's an outlier at three, drag it out to five, six, seven, and it'll erase that outlier. Why don't you drag it out further? Probably because it's the two that's more the outlier, and probably two years ago was the biggest one that you just wanted to wrap up in there. That's just a guess. We'll take a look in a minute, but I want to finish this. The Patriots two years ago, they made the playoffs and lost. Last year, Jacksonville. This year, Chicago Bears. Here are some of the names they added. DJ Moore via trade. Jackson, Listen, the Patriots spent a bunch of money. I remember that. They went out and bought up a bunch of tight ends and stuff, right? They were a bad football team. I get it, right? I mean, it, it, it was a very unusual situation where Tom Brady left, the team tanked, and then they went out and got some tight ends and, and kind of got into a little bit of a groove. And then Jacksonville, Jacksonville got turned around because the worst freaking head coach in NFL history got fired. 
They brought in someone competent, and the quarterback took massive strides. I'm not saying that bringing in the guys that they brought in didn't help. They brought in some absolute studs, as did the Patriots. But you know what? The quality of the players you bring in also has to do with what we're talking about here. And in both cases, we're talking about massively increased, improved quarterback play from Mac Jones one year and from Trevor Lawrence the next year. This is the same quarterback. Also, let's talk about the quality of the players that were brought in. Did you bring in someone like Tyreek Hill? Is that what you did? Let's see. Let's see what he says. He's really excited about this. Dante Foreman, very good backup running back. Oh. Okay. Freaking. Okay. Uh, Robert Tanyan, they stole from the Packers. Oh, my good Lord. Stole from the Packers? We kicked him out the door. Stole from the... Do you know who Robert Tunyon is? He, well, he obviously doesn't. He's reading this list. He has no idea who these people are. ...in the division. TJ Edwards, good linebacker. Eh, I don't love paying linebackers, but I... Dig okay. Okay. Yeah. Again, he's, he's, he's debating with himself already. So what do we got so far? We got Foreman, who is a quote-unquote good backup. I don't think that's even true, but who gives a freaking flying crap about a, a backup running back. Um, especially considering you lost Montgomery. So you went down. You went backwards. This is supposed to be about being improved. Is Foreman as good as Montgomery? No, he isn't. You're an idiot. You brought in Tunyon. Dude's not going to play. Cole Komet is their tight end. Tunyon is not going to have a role in this offense. He's there because somebody that is a former Packer is now their offensive coordinator and has familiarity with him. So he wants him in there. He's not going to freaking do anything. Then what? What are we talking about now? Linebackers. But you don't like that they spend money on linebackers. I would tend to agree. Please continue. Digress. Tremaine Edmonds, another linebacker. Another linebacker. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a good thing, right? You spent all this money on linebackers. So we got a backup running back, which they went backwards on. You got a backup tight end who's only there because he's a former Packer. And you've got linebackers who you admit... Not a big fan of spending a bunch of money on linebackers, which is, by the way, where almost all of their money went to two freaking linebackers, you dunce cap. Young, talented. This is a team that got a lot better, folks. Just where? I didn't hear it. And you even mentioned the guard. That's maybe one of the best additions that they made to help improve the offensive line. Granted, he didn't even want to show up to OTAs because screw this team. But I... Justin Fields has help. Remember, they got Claypool last year. Claypool wasn't good. Why does everybody keep bringing that up? I don't understand that. Freaking PFF receiving grade. He ranked 82nd. Barely above Equinemius St. Brown. Who gives a crap about Chase Claypool? It was a terrible trade for a terrible football player who got significantly worse when he went to the Bears. That's not a thing. That doesn't matter. That doesn't add anything. Stupid. Uh, at the deadline, so they they got some depth on the outside. Hi, everybody. Thanks. There for you go. That's the video. <laughs> oh, I know they're doing this on purpose. I I just. Oh, how are you so stupid? I, I, I'm I'm listening to him, and it's like I'm trying to see that look in his eye when he realizes. Oh, this is stupid. Actually, this is really dumb. <laughs> I can't even fathom. They got a back. Why would you even put that on the list other than I don't have a backup running back, a backup tight end, two linebackers, and then 
I, I think he might have mentioned, I, I, I didn't hear it, I think it was maybe the first one they mentioned, in a trade, they went out and got that low-end number one wide receiver that we're all supposed to pretend is a top 10 wide receiver. Whoop-dee-freaking-do. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool were freaking dog vomit last year. Terrible. They added one guy who's like the 34th best wide receiver in football, and we're all supposed to fall down and worship because somehow they fixed the offensive line with a guard, and they fixed the wide receiver problems with a guy that's not even really, a, he's like a really high-end number two wide receiver, really. And now everything's fixed. They did it. They spent like drunken sailors. Wow. And by the way, the Bears didn't even spend the most. They spent the fifth most amount of money. So why don't you put other teams... The Denver Broncos spent the most. Why aren't they going to get better? And actually, that would make a lot of sense. Denver probably is going to get better. I, I, I you know, If you have even a, a shred of faith in this um, coaching turnover and realizing that Russell Wilson, yeah, he's, he's maybe not ever going to be the guy that he was, but I don't think he... I think he fell off way too far. You're going to try to rebuild this, this culture. And if, if, if you can have that quarterback... And Russell Wilson just go back to being like moderately good as opposed to being absolute garbage. Massive improvement. And what do you know? They spent all the money. $251.7 million compared to the Bears' $164.2. Who did they get? Well, they got Mike McGlinchey, who they stole from the Bears, which is hilarious. They got Ben Powers, a guard. So we want to talk about fixing the offensive line. There you go. They added a pass rusher in Zach Allen. Bears get a pass rusher? No, they didn't. They did get a linebacker, although they didn't spend nearly as much money. Only $6 million on Alex Singleton. Also got a backup running back. I know that gets you all excited. And a backup tight end. Oh, and they added Frank Clark. They just, and I think that just happened. That's a huge addition. So they got Zach Allen and Frank Clark as pass rushers on this defense. Why would they not be significantly higher than the Bears? I, I, I would put the... You know, and, and this is all just off-season whatever, but the, you know, these are big acquisitions in appropriate places. How about the Falcons? They spent the second most, $210.8 million. They went out and got Jesse Bates. That's big. David Onyemata at defensive tackle, real big. Caleb McGarry at right tackle, solid. Punter, A.O. They got Calais Campbell, for crying out loud. Added a couple other guys like Mike Hughes at corner, Bud Dupree at, at outside linebacker. They got Taylor Heineke at quarterback, just, you know, in case. The Saints spent the third most. They got their quarterback in Derek Carr. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> That was that was the majority of the money. But, you know, Foster Moreau, Jamal Williams at running back, so there you go. Jesse James tight end, blah, blah, blah. Raiders got Garoppolo, which probably a step back, maybe, I don't know. Jacoby Myers at wide receiver. We got like 50 billion guys here on this list. O.J. Howard at tight end. They got a guard. Got a bunch of them, actually. Three guards in free agency. Four wide receivers. On and on and on the list goes. Panthers got Adam Thielen. It's pretty dope. Miles Sanders, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst at tight end, Andy Dalton at quarterback, DJ Chark at wide receiver, Pinheiro at kicker, good old Justin McCray at guard. Come on, man. This is, this is D- Tremaine Edmonds, $18 million. Oh, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Nate Davis at 10, Demarcus Walker at 7, means nothing. Tremaine Edmonds basically had been a backup linebacker, 6.5. Philip Walker, backup quarterback. Travis Homer, running back, who I don't know why he mentioned Deontay Foreman. I mean, he's there, but he's paid significantly less. Um, Andrew Billings at tight end is useless. Robert Tunyon at tight end is useless. Rasheem Green at defensive end is useless. Foreman, useless. Dante Pettis, useless. Nathan Peterman at quarterback, because why not? And Dylan Cole, another freaking inside linebacker. This is this has got to be one of the worst, the worst off seasons ever. This is so stupid. 
Just 13 players. The next team that had 13 or less players acquired is Cincinnati, who's, let's see, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They're 12th down at just 107 compared to the Bears, 164. They only got 13 players. The Raiders got 25 and spent almost the same amount of money, and they got a quarterback. The Bears only got 13 guys, and the, the big money is spent on an inside linebacker and a guard, two of the most freaking useless positions. I know that's an unfair way to put it, but in terms of, of value, you got running backs, linebackers, and then, and then it's probably guard after that. This is, this is, this is terrible. But yeah, let's, let's look at previous years. Jacksonville did get better. They did. They got a lot better, and they spent a ton of money, $267 million, and I'm sure it helped. But you know who is next on that list? The Jets. 2021, the Patriots, yep, great. If you go back again, Miami did improve. Before that was the New York Jets in 2019. You know what I'm noticing? He, he seems to be right that there is a, the Jets also had a spike, but you know what? It's, it's an, an inflated spike. The Jets had four wins, so this is similar to the Bears. They spent the most money, they went up to seven wins. You know what happened the next year? They went down to two wins. Probably because you don't have that much money forever. And when you spend all that money, you, you can't afford to keep spending all that money. But, you know, then 2018, it was the Jets again. So two years in a row, they actually went down from five wins to four wins. Not that any of this is even relevant. Again, Jacksonville, 2017, they went from three wins to ten wins. And they actually went to the playoffs. You know what happened the next year? They went back down to five, then six, then one, then three. So who knows? Maybe the Bears will have a spike. Although, again, when you analyze what they actually spent the money on, um, that may be part of the problem. For example, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars that year. That was the year they went out and got A.J. Boye. Remember that? And Calais Campbell. Remember how good that defense was? A.J. Boye and Calais Campbell were dominant. That's a cornerback, a, a shutdown, lockdown cornerback, and a premier pass rusher. I mean, you know it's good when you remember the, the, the class of free agents. It's like, you know, Jacksonville this past year. We're going to remember that offseason. That was massive. And also, I don't even think that the free agency necessarily has anything to do with it. I mean, it, it, again, it can. But if you spend the most money, you're one of the worst teams in football. So if you're winning three, four games, just based on basic regression to the mean, you're probably going to win more than that. If you won three games last year, I would bet money without spending a single dime, you're going to win closer to six. But again, this has n the, the win predict prediction doesn't necessarily have anything to do with their free agency. You look at that independently. And the draft. What did they do? Who did they even freaking draft? Darnell Wright, Jervon Dexter, Tyreek Stevenson, Zach Pickens, Rashawn Johnson that everybody's gushing about for who knows what reason, Tyler Scott, Noah Sewell, another linebacker, Terrell Smith, Travis Bell, and Kendall Williamson. I mean, look, Darnell Wright, cool. Granted, you gave away a first-round pick to get Darnell Wright, so hopefully he's worth that. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just, I haven't looked at all 32 teams in their off-seasons to be able to, to properly look at who had the best or worst or whatever, but I, I am so unimpressed with this offseason for the Bears. And the fact that people are excited about it just just drives me insane. It's so painfully obvious what a wasted opportunity this was to really acquire some superstar talent. And and you know what? You can you, I I can tell you exactly which players that you know they they uh missed out on. Go back last year and listen to every single Chicago Bears podcast, YouTube channel, whatever. They listed them all. 
All the guys they were going to get, oh, we're going to get this and that. They got zero. Zero of the players that they wanted to get. None of them. They ended up with two linebackers, a freaking guard, and they gave away a first-round pick for a rookie tackle and a low-end number one wide receiver. Whoop-de-freaking-do. And probably some more picks they're going to waste next year. I, you know, okay, cool, great. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Anyways, I've got to get going. I need to uh, get rocking on my, I got a beef tenderloin upstairs. I also am supposed to be doing a, a thing with uh, Clayton. So I'll have to figure that out. But the, 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 I'm sorry, the meat takes priority. We'll see how it all works. But you guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.